1: Well, thanks for joining us today on Mortification of Spin. My name is Todd Pruitt, and I am joined, as always, with Amy Bird and Carl Truman. And we are excited today to have a couple of guests with us. We want to talk about a ministry that I'm excited about and, and a believer in. We want to talk about evangelism with these uh, two men. But it's Barry Cooper and Nate Locke. They are with Christianity Explored Ministries. Many of you are no doubt familiar with Christianity Explored. Some of you, that might be new to you, and uh, it'll be our pleasure to, to introduce you to this excellent approach to evangelism. But Barry and Nate, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Todd. It's great to be here.
2: Yeah, it's a pleasure.
1: Great. Well, um, you are now a part of an august uh, fellowship of people whose reputations have been ruined by being on mortification of spin. So, thank you so much. Welcome. Uh, for being I have with to say, us. I listened to your podcast about all of the abuse that you
3: guys get, and <laughs> yes. I have to be honest, uh-huh. I have never been called a carpet bagging elder boy.
4: Or, How about a feminist or, outrage machine?
3: <laughs> I've never been called that, Amy, and I've never been called a crypto communist either. And now. Quite, <laughs> Quite
1: frankly, I'm not even sure I'm a Christian having listened to that <laughs> podcast. <but there> was... <laughs> well, you know, you think about the insults that are leveled against Carl, and at what point, you know, do you say, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. You know, that's <laughs> that's what I would like to know. Well,
5: actually, a feminist outrage machine. I believe Amy has since formed a punk band, yes, called uh, Feminist <laughs> Outrage <laughs> I'm Machine. On the album wow. right oh, now. Um, excellent. excellent. We're going to be producing site. some merchandise along those lines.
1: Well, um l- Let's do this, uh, Barry and Nate. Tell us uh, kind of what your role is with. Christianity Explored, and then give folks just a little bit of an overview about what the ministry is and and, uh, and what you all are doing.
2: Yeah, sure. Barry, you go first, because you outrised right. me. <laughs> yeah,
3: I'm, a, I'm a bit older than Nate, as he never tires of telling me. Um, so I am the Director of Product Development at Christianity Explored and the co-founder, Christianity Explored Ministries was founded in 2001. It grew out of All Souls Church, Langham Place in London, where many of your listeners will know John Stott was rector for many years. And Christianity Explored Ministries has a remit of helping people to love, live and tell the gospel. Our aim is to equip the local church by means of resources that we produce, uh, film series, and training sessions um, to equip people for works of service in terms of discipling. Christianity Explored is probably the best-known thing that we do. That's a, an evangelistic series, which is a walk-through mark, and that, to date, I think has been used in 100 countries and translated into 50 languages. Mm-hmm. So we're wow. very excited about great. the way that that's gone. But, Nate, over to you.
2: So I joined the ministry, I think it was... 2008 so about 10 years i've been involved now um i originally started as a youth evangelist so i was taking the material that had been written and then transposing it for a a younger audience still going through mark's gospel at that stage but then in the time that i've been on board we've written and developed two other curricula so there's discipleship explored and life explored which are the kind of the set of three resources that we've mainly done, and then there are lots of kind of offshoots from that. There's a VBS that um, Barry mm. and I wrote off the back of that for British um, listeners to the podcast. That's a, a vacation Bible school or holiday Bible club, mm. as it would be um, to the Queen. <laughs> um, and yeah, I've been involved writing alongside Barry in that, and fair amount of itinerant evangelism as well. So often called up to go and speak to a group of teenagers or college students or even fully qualified adults as well
1: before we get into a little bit more detail about the approach of christianity explored i did just want to confirm nate isn't it true that you're calling from a closet inside of carl truman's house
2: (laughs) well this part of that is true i was slightly disingenuous before we press record um (laughs) i am in a closet as you would say a wardrobe um
3: I think you need to come out of the closet, Nate. You need to come out
5: of the Please <laughs> Don't do that on air. We're, We're just not, too controversial. Let's,
2: let's let's not. Let's keep this literal. Yeah, I'm in a literal closet, yeah. and I'm planning to stay in here for the remainder of this uh, conversation. But no, I'm, um,
1: uh, You're kind of
5: ashamed of talking to us. Has it
1: gotten that bad, really? It, All right. Uh, yeah, well, I'm. Um, There's a
2: purpose to all this. I must just add, the reason why I'm in Orland, which is just around the corner from Carl Truman's house, is that I'm actually a first year student at a small seminary called Westminster, which some of you may have heard of. And so that's why I'm so close to mr truman's residence okay, okay. So, well i just
1: wanted to clear that up because it sounded yeah. it sounded like the plot of a, of a horror movie but close uh, yeah. get a <laughs> it little, little be, bit of the magic yeah, little yeah. Bit of the magic. yeah exactly.
2: <laughs> it also has sorry um, big relevance because the house i grew up in was called narnia oh and yeah. so being in the wardrobe has actually affected a lot of also what i've been thinking through is, in terms of evangelism so, just so it's very, all it's all woven it's all woven in it's so very english
5: I feel like I need a cup of tea right now or something like that. told totally okay. you're feeling very I, socially yeah. inferior.
1: At well, this well point. it's very <laughs> English. I feel like I need, to be, I need to have a cup of tea and start being very pretentious all of a sudden. Yeah, sure. um, actually, I'm actually I,
5: glad to have some sophisticated and intelligent company to speak to <laughs> on the podcast.
1: Well, let's get down to business, shall we? Um, let me just uh, tell everybody, I, I love uh, Christianity Explored. It is an excellent approach to evangelism it basically it leverages the ministry of the church it leverages relationships and hospitality and of course most of all Mm. the word of god to get the gospel across to people who have not heard it one of the things i like about the approach is also that it's high integrity you know you don't have somebody over to your house and then just by accident the pastor shows up oh i had no idea he was coming anything (laughs) like that you know you invite people to come to something called christianity explored and you tell them, look, this is this is about what Christians believe. And then significantly what they've done, as they've mentioned, is they is they take the gospel of Mark and in seven studies, seven weeks in a row, they take you through the gospel of Mark, basically asking the questions of you know, what does this tell us about the person of Jesus? What does this tell us about the mission of Jesus? And what does this tell us about the necessity of a response? It is clear. It's simple. It's extremely well done. And after you show this video of really well-produced video of teaching, then you have time at tables with with a table leader. And that's such a challenging and important role because as a table leader, if you've got people at your table that don't know Christ, they're outside of the church, basically you're inviting them to say what they want to say, raise any objections, ask any questions. But it's through that seven-week study of the Gospel of Mark that the, the Gospel is presented and people are, are called to faith in Christ. It also incorporates, if you're really doing the program well, it incorporates a meal, and so you're extending hospitality. You're asking the people in your church to leverage the relationships that God has given them. The church I serve, we're in the middle of the very first time we've run it, and it's just really going well, the people who are participating are excited about it, and we've been extremely happy. And so we're already making plans for the next time we're going to run through it, we're going to employ the Spanish language version of it. And so if you're a pastor or a church leader or just a layperson who's wondering how your church might get more engaged and intentional in evangelism, and at the same time avoid gimmicky things, this is a great way that's word-based and hospitality-based. That's an approach to – great um, to, great to interview on the uh, Christianity Explored there, Todd. What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so, basically, I, I wanted to save these guys from Tom sounding – I wanted to save these guys from sounding crass. And He's angling for, <laughs> for a free copy. He's angling for a free Oh, no, we've already paid for it. So, guys, <laughs> what do you think of what Todd just said? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, listen. It I'm, sounds great. I'm, I'm the salesman. <laughs> <laughs> basically, I what I'm doing, guys, I'm asking for a job
2: so see, we, we couldn't do what you just did because we're british you see we, right. don't, we just have to right. be much less enthusiastic exactly. you know, yeah. of- and i <laughs> think
3: the hospitality side of things goes over much better in in the u.s i think you yeah. guys tend to do it much better
5: over here plus you've got nicer teeth so that's
3: awesome. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: what was the origin of the program guys how did you come up with the idea well, it actually
3: goes way back into sort of the mid-90s. Originally, there was a course called Christianity Explained, and... Um That was done by Michael Bennett out of Australia. And Rico Tice, who is the Minister for Evangelism at All Souls, was running that course, but then really wanted to, you know, started adapting it and adding all sorts of uh, training material to help equip the church to be uh, better at sharing the gospel. And over the years, it just evolved and evolved and evolved until it actually became a completely different animal, at which point that's when Rico brought me in and I sort of rewrote it and, and put it into a place where it was ready to be published. But the Genesis really was, I think, there was a sense in which there were clearly other evangelistic series out there, ones that were using this hospitality model. But what we felt was that we really, really wanted to ground it in Scripture so that people were actually taken on a walk through one of the Gospels, so that, as it were, Jesus walks off the pages, rather than it being a kind of a topical thing. We wanted it to really be a back to basics, assume no biblical literacy whatsoever, and just tell the story of Mark and introduce people to Jesus. And actually, the real genius of the course, I think, is that there are three words that really sum up the course identity, mission, and call. The idea of Christianity Explorer, as you go through those seven sessions, is first of all, you're explaining Jesus's identity who is he? Then, secondly, his mission why did he come? And then thirdly, what is his call? How should we respond to him? And so really, as you go through Mark's Gospel, the remarkable thing is you begin to see that every paragraph in Mark has something to say about one or more of those three questions. So that's essentially the the, the heart. If you've got those three words, you can run Christianity Explored. In fact, you don't even need to run Christianity Explored. You can just open up Mark's Gospel with people and, and do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And- Ultimately, we want to let the gospel tell the gospel. So Mm. the concerns of Christianity explored are the concerns of Mark as he's writing his account. So it's a fairly straightforward approach.
4: I imagine that you're not only seeing a lot of converts through this Christianity explored, but that a lot of Christians must be learning better ways to evangelize, because I think that's something that we really struggle with is, how to evangelize to those around us, our neighbors, those we're working with family members in a way to where we can really sit down with them and be organized about it and word centered about it. Mm, and, yeah. and even feeling competent to do it to, so to have this program to where you can invite somebody to, are you noticing that not only are you getting new converts, but that people are really Christians are learning to evangelize better?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's very much by design. Our hope is uh, that as people get this this idea of identity mission call in their minds and going through Mark's Gospel, that actually once the course, once the series is over, they're then equipped to, just as they're speaking with friends, family members, co-workers... They have that in their mind, that sort of structure of talking about who Jesus is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, why did he come? What does it mean to follow him? That's the real genius of it, that it does that. And my message whenever I go out to people and try and encourage them to run it is I say, look, I'm an INFJ. I'm a total weirdo. So that means, you know, when I went, I when I did right. the old Myers-Briggs test at the <laughs> seminary, they said, oh, you're INFJ. I said, what does that mean? They said, it means you're a total lunatic. You're probably unemployable. <laughs> um,
5: but, Quick but clarification, was it Westminster who made you take the Myers-Briggs
3: <laughs> I'm afraid it was Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. Okay, okay, just just so lot. listeners know
5: that we don't do that sort of thing <laughs> at Westminster. Yeah, no. quite right, quite right. No,
2: there's no personality at Westminster. What absolutely.
3: absolutely. <laughs> we don't, we <laughs> don't want personality, period. That's right. I would say to people, look, if I can do this, anybody can do it, really. I mean, I'm pretty introverted, um, but, it, you know, anybody can just sit down with a friend, open up Mark's Gospel, and just ask those three questions as you look through it verse by yeah. verse and that's it's very straightforward and of course you know as our colleague Rico often says you know we we don't want to be too dogmatic about it but it seems like a really good way of doing evangelism mm. is by using the books that God has given us yeah. you know yeah. uh, it seems like a really good way of doing it right
2: and amy to go back to the question again about christians using it and mm-hmm. it sort of crystallizing the gospel for those who may be very familiar with it just the last weekend, I was down in Charleston, South Carolina, because there's a the diocese of South Carolina have been using this material, the, for the youth version of it, over a weekend for all of their, what's the right words, those who are being confirmed, so wow. kind of young teenagers. Uh-huh. And so I actually went down to present the whole, basically to preach Mark's gospel over mm. the weekend. Wow. And because it... You know, Mark is the shortest of the Gospels. It's sort of very, very clear what Mark wants to do. As you say, it's just very focused, and it's all very much about Jesus. You're not getting into lots of other issues and questions that people might have. Your starting point is
5: Christ. So how would you go about encouraging a church to to get something like this started? Yeah, it's a very good question. I think the...
3: It's not a silver bullet. This is the first thing we always want to say. People are always looking for latest kind of gimmick or technique, which is going to solve all of their evangelism woes. I think there's a sense in which hopefully the preaching that's going on in a local church has already given people a sense of the supremacy of Christ, the beauty of Christ, and naturally overflowing from that, they're going to want to overflow it, overflow and tell people about him. And I think, really, Christianity Explored is really just a tool in the armory that that helps you to be able to do that, gives you the confidence to be able to do that. But I certainly think if the pastor himself in any given church is excited about Christianity Explored, then, of course, it gives confidence throughout mm. the congregation that not only can they be involved in a course or series that's run within the church, they can just take it themselves, Get, grab a copy of the leader's kit and just, mm-hmm. you know, go to the home of a, of a family member and, uh, or friend and just do it. I mean, give them fair warning first do invite them to it, but you know, you can just take it to them. And I think that is, I think that go and tell model is probably increasingly culturally becoming much more effective than the,
1: the come and here model.
4: Really? Mm-hmm.
1: And we've had, we've had a couple of our home groups in our church, uh, use it. And we suspect that we'll have more as our folks get more and more familiar with it. But going back to kind of some of the questions Amy raised, which were important to us, one of the ways, I mean, the way that we promoted it was if you're a seasoned Christian and just simply want to be better equipped in knowing how to to use a book of the Bible evangelistically, Mm. take the course. If you're a new believer, and we have new believers in our church, and you want to be better grounded in knowing how to read and understand a book of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Come to this. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, if you have a friend um, who's outside of Christ, who's not a part of the church, then invite them and come. But we wanted to make it as expansive in that sense as possible. Plus, we figured we'd have a few people want to come to investigate it and make sure before they invited a friend that it was quality, and they've seen that it Mm -hmm. is. And the response has been very enthusiastic uh, on on, on all of those things.
2: I think the the confidence issue is major. You do want people yeah. to be firstly confident in the gospel mm-hmm. but then confident that nothing weird is going to happen right. if they bring <laughs> a friend along. Yep. Yep. That's such and a good point. I yeah. think the testimony of, uh, you know, obviously God's the one who's sustained Christianity Explored Ministries but and there have been individuals because we're a fairly small team who've been key players in it but the I suppose the primary principles and the People get confidence in, or that it's exegetically responsible, so you can trust us to handle the Bible, mm-hmm. and it's aesthetically sensitive, so it's not going to be really awkward and cringeworthy right. and mm-hmm. embarrassing.
4: We're not taking because... you to watch, you've been left behind yeah, <laughs> from the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Kirk Cameron does not make an appearance in this,
0: but um,
1: yeah. I would also say, you know, one of the things that was really good for us is we got some counsel from some other churches that have been running it and got some really good advice. So, I mean, we spent over a year promoting it and then ran it in Sunday school classes so that people ahead of time could see, oh, this is not something that's going to embarrass me. Hmm. And I think that's That's those things are kind of the main reasons why we've had a, a very good response the first time we've run it.
4: One thing I like about the title of it, too, for inviting someone to, is that it has a kind of intellectual tone to it that combats the whole anti-intellectualism of a reputation of evangelicalism so that no, I'm not going to try to convert you when you come to this. I want you to explore this and ask questions. Mm-hmm. And let us explain to you what it is that we believe and what God's word says.
1: And and I love the fact that it's not trendy. You know, you didn't name it fire or ignite <laughs> yeah. or something like that. You yeah, know, it I made really a short like list. Yeah, yeah, I love the tough. ordinariness of mm-hmm. the title. The, again, the high integrity. You're not it's not some kind of veiled thing and that I think that that's one of the things that has helped our people invite folks, is that they're not doing a bait and switch with them. Mm -hmm. Of course,
5: uh, evangelism and conversion is only one beginning element in the the Christian life. You mentioned that you're developing a a supplementary series or course to deal with discipleship. I wonder if you could explain some of the philosophy behind that, what uh, churches could expect that to be providing for them.
3: Yeah, so it's a brand new um, documentary series, and we've we've shot it around the world. It was um, seven countries, five continents, and it takes people deep into Paul's letter to the Philippians. So just as Christianity explored as a walk through Mark, this is a walk through Philippians. Mm. And the tagline is, "What's the greatest love you've ever known?" Because we believe the key to being a disciple is growing more and more in knowledge and enjoyment of Christ and his love. Mm. And so what we wanted to do was we wanted to show how uh, Philippians have been transformative for believers all over the world, especially those who faced persecution. Mm. And so that's why we traveled around the world to do that. And I have to say, I must confess, this is a little bit awkward, but I have to confess to some ambivalence about the word discipleship itself My friend Glenn Scrivener points out that although the word disciple most definitely appears in Scripture, the word discipleship does not. And sometimes I think when we use that word, often what we mean is something like the art or craft of being a disciple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And almost inevitably then that word inclines us toward thinking in terms of methods and techniques, the things we should be doing rather than the one we're following. And so our aim really with discipleship explored is to keep the focus on Christ. Of course, we do talk about the things that the disciples ought to be doing. You know, read your Bible, say your prayers, go to church, love one another, share the gospel. But we want to so captivate people with Christ, just as, as Paul was in, in Philippians, that it then drives all of those other things that the kind of things that you generally see listed in, in books on discipleship in terms of the things you're supposed to do. And I think that's crucial. One of the um, illustrations a good friend of mine uses is this idea of, if you imagine a dancer who is dancing with grace and joy and rhythm and you look closer and you see that what drives all of that beautiful movement is that she's got her earbuds in, she's listening to the music she loves best in all the world and it's just, it's transporting her. She's captivated, She's you know she's enthralled by it. It's almost as if she can't stop dancing. Now, if you imagine a second person walking into that room, she looks at the dancer and she thinks, wow, that looks amazing. I'd love to be able to dance like that. But she can't hear the music. And so what she does is she tries to copy the moves, the technique. And it actually seems to be working for a time because, but because she doesn't hear the music, the movement's kind of clunky, it's kind of hesitant, it's self-conscious. She doesn't seem to enjoy dancing the way the first dancer does. And before too long, she's just exhausted, even, even though the first dancer's still going strong. And what if, here's the question, what if much of our well-intentioned disciple training, training in disciples, discipleship, is actually forcing people to be that second dancer? Mm-hmm. It's telling them to copy all the right moves, and they are the right move, read your Bible, pray, go to church, share the gospel, but all the while doing relatively little to help them hear the beautiful music of the gospel that's got to drive it all. So we're saying, what would it look like if our discipling of others was, was less an act of technique teaching and more an act of turning up the music Mm -hmm. you know what if it were less about mastering and more about being mastered so that's really the aim the focus is on captivating and enthralling would-be disciples with with the
1: music of god's surpassing love for us in christ Mm, that's good that's encouraging so that's called discipleship explored
3: yeah that's discipleship explored and that's coming out march the first so just two weeks time
2: Well, the other thing about Discipleship Explored is that it's an answer to the question, what would it be like to be taught the book of Philippians by a man who's listened to too much Depeche Mode? <laughs> oh, so Depeche if, Mode,
1: If you Please. were asking
2: yourself that question, or anyone in your church was asking that question, then I would heartily recommend the
5: series that we
3: made. So. You, you say that as if there can be too much Depeche Mode. I, just don't, Depeche <laughs> I don't know
5: gosh that takes me back to <laughs> that takes me back to 1984 yeah definitely it was, was a great time in my life but not musically not musically john bonham had been dead four years at that point well
1: i keep thinking about what would it be like if somebody were were dancing in a room having the music going moving very gracefully and then carl truman were to walk in the room and try to dance and the contrast yeah. there is almost too frightening to truman to does consider not dance that. truman
5: does not yeah dance yeah. My we're we're confirm
0: that.
1: That. yeah yeah so yeah yeah well, carl's theme song is tiny dancer uh, by, <laughs> by elton John. so he he's yeah. he's the reformed world's elton john uh, we have oh it's uh, a lovely image it is it it, it it
2: it's gonna no. say i thought the the insults uh podcast was a few weeks ago wasn't it? yeah the reformed Answer to Elton John. Yes, oh, That is, yeah.
5: That's swinish. Well, he's called comment. me would say. so I, I'm going to call yeah. him Elton Now Brown. we're yeah. talking. Yeah. Okay. As, Steinman as,
1: lyrics, now we're into it. Yeah.
5: Luther said in, 19, in uh, 1527, when he looked at the people he had preached the gospel to, I look at Todd and I think, I gave him the gospel. And he lives like an irrational swine. <laughs> so, so.
1: <laughs> Welcome to our world. So, wow. yeah. Well, we, I, one, one of the pieces of advice, and I would love to hear y'all's reactions. One of the pieces of, of counsel we got from several of the churches that we consulted with who were doing Christianity Explored is, is each one of the pastors that we talked to said, hey, look, don't expect this to, to take off like a meteor immediately. You've got to give your church time, to come to know this approach and to mm-hmm. to get comfortable inviting people. And so, you know, each one of them said, don't run it once, you know, and then, you know, be disappointed yeah. because 10 people came and then don't run it again. Each pastor we talked to said it's become something very successful, but it started out, you know, rather, rather small. And you just have to be patient and let it kind of be enculturated, if you like, into the life of the church. And so we we really took that seriously, and that was one of the reasons why we began actively promoting it over a year before we actually started it. But um, I think that that was probably a really good word for us because uh, don't be discouraged, you know, churches, pastors, don't mm. don't be discouraged if you know you don't have a hundred lost people show up, you know, the very first time you run this. Yeah. Like anything, mm. it has to be learned. It's a practice that that your people have to get used to. How do you encourage? churches, or or what do you tell them along those lines as far as development and the time it takes to see this start bearing fruit?
2: I think I would say it, it's really encouraging to hear you talk about a, was it, a year-long lead-in time yeah. to running the Christianity Explore material, because clearly you're thinking about not just doing some evangelism, but having right. an evangelistic kind of culture right. and atmosphere within the church. And I think Ultimately, that's what we are looking for, mm-hmm. is that churches have a heart for the lost and, you know, are scheduling in ways to do that corporately because right. there's a great apologetic for having inviting people in and being mm-hmm. hospitable and, and all that sort of stuff. So I think that's just really encouraging because ultimately that's what we want to do, as I say, you know, to love and to live and to tell the gospel. Mm-hmm. But I would often say, with if I'm speaking about some of the the youth materials or or whatever, we'll be saying, run this with the kids who are coming along week by week to your youth group, Mm. or whatever Mm. it might be. And then they will feel kind of like they've got the inside track when they invite their friends the next term or next year. So that level of, of confidence, I think, is really good. But sadly, so few people have a desire to create an evangelistic culture well right. not a desire but seem to want to create a culture of evangelism just want to do this complete plug and play right. okay we tried that it didn't work and obviously that's the danger with having you know video-based resources is that people do think well they can do the heavy lifting and we don't need to do anything else right right
5: one mm-hmm. one last sort of quick question before we conclude guys just a clarification on the Discipleship Explored. Is it a program that one uses individually, or is it like Christianity Explored, a group thing, You're gathering for a meal, watching a video, engaging in discussion?
3: Yeah, it's a really good question. We always say it's as flexible as you are. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, it's very much all of our courses, actually, all of our series have been developed uh, so that you can use them one-to-one or with small groups, like in home groups. Yeah. Uh, you could even do them as solo studies, actually, mm-hmm. Or
5: church-wide, so it's very flexible on that. That's great because churches vary in size. Mm -hmm. You know, have modest Mm -hmm. churches like mine, mega churches like Todd's (laughs) And and I'm
1: I'm, I'm
4: really actually university town.
1: Yeah, university town. In case you hadn't mentioned, I had the most. I had the most unusual (laughs) experience right there because I felt like Carl raised a good point. But (laughs) I, I I do want to tell people uh, it is extremely flexible, very easy to use in those terms. I mean, so we're using it on a church-wide scale. We have small groups using it and i know of at least idea. two different individuals in our church that are using it in kind of one-on-one setting so uh, mm. it's very easily applicable for any size situation um mm. so please you know look into it it's it's well worth the time and and we communicated you know you talked about a culture of evangelism that was one of the ways that we communicated it when we began you know kind of unveiling it to the church is that this wasn't just going to be a little thing that we did on the side mm. But this was going to be our main corporate approach to evangelism, and that we wanted to see as many people as possible involved in one way or another. And that's how we began promoting it from the very beginning. Hmm. And God's been very kind in the results. so. Well, that's great. That's
5: great. It's been great to interview uh, Barry, Nate, and Todd on uh, Christianity Explored uh, Ministries. Oh, um, gotta love that
1: guy. I uh, imagine
5: Carl. that uh, Todd, you're on some kind of commission, I presume. <laughs> yeah. no, seriously, it's been great interviewing Barry and Nate uh, on the, uh, Christianity Explored and Discipleship Explored uh, initiatives. If you go to our website, org, you can enter for a chance to win a Discipleship Explored Leaders Kit. That's a pretty big deal. So uh, if you want to get a a set of that, please go to our website, enter for the possibility of winning there. If you feel led, please make a donation. We are a listener-supported podcast and shameless in our demand for your cash. In the meantime, we look forward to being with you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. To read more on hard-hitting topics like this, visit the podcast page and blog at mortificationofspin.org, where we'll have links and other articles from Amy, Carl, and Todd. And while you're there, please subscribe and consider making a donation. And be sure to listen next time when Carl, Todd, and Amy talk about the the key question, it seems to me, between gender as physical
5: reality and gender as social construct how do you navigate that what's the purpose of healthcare?
4: you know you kind of contrast is it to fill a patient's desires or is it actual mental health
0: and so i, I discuss two goods in particular the goods of friendship and the goods of marriage that interview is next time join us then
5: Are you Skyping in from the UK at the moment
3: or? Well, I'm, I'm Skyping in from New Smyrna Beach, which is the shark attack capital of the world in Florida. Oh, Excellent.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, Are okay. you doing any
3: swimming while you're there? No, I, I'm now so terrified of the water I won't even run a bath. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's too uh, scary to think about. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm currently in a, in a, a wardrobe in uh, Orland,
5: Pennsylvania. Oh. In Orland? That's where I live.
2: I know, I'm in your house.
5: (laughs) (laughs) They're calling from inside the house. (laughs) Well, thank thank goodness I'm far away. I better just text my wife and say, check the wall
1: traps. (laughs) (laughs) They're calling (laughs) from inside the house. There's There's a rogue evangelist in the house. (laughs) Get him out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You need to update your t-shirt collection. (laughs) (laughs)